Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on this week's episode, I'm back with Pastor Kenny Ellis, talking through Galatians chapter 3 and the challenges of approaching a complex scripture in one sermon. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Well, I'm back here uh, today in our third episode of Armchair Preaching, um, sitting here today back with uh, Kenny, Kenny Ellis, who was out last week uh, in Mexico doing, uh, well, why don't you, why, Kenny, why don't you tell people what you were doing last week in Mexico? Yeah, um, happy Monday. Uh, we were, uh, Jenny and I and Nancy Bertram and David Beefus were down there exploring a partnership with a small town outside of Merida. Mm -hmm. uh, that we discovered uh, through a partnership that our church has, at First Presbyterian Church has, with the churches in Merida. Yeah. And so CPI, which is the nonprofit that Jenny and I started, that was doing work in Haiti, mm -hmm. we were looking for a new spot and felt like God was opening up a door there. And so we went for four or five days and, and spent some time with them. David Beefus did some, uh, did some work on helping them think about business and ministry. Which was pretty neat. Yeah. And so it was a good trip. Awesome. Awesome. Well, glad to have you back. Uh, last week we uh, talked with Brian, uh, Brian Morgan, um, looking at our Galatians series in Galatians chapter 2. He got to, to talk through the, uh, the real fun conflict with uh, Peter and Paul mm -hmm. and how all that played out, which, was, which is uh, always an interesting passage uh, to kind of talk through. This week we dived into Galatians chapter Three and once again, Kenny was preaching in our Vine Modern Worship service. Um, I was preaching in our Classic service. So if you haven't listened uh, to the messages, uh, you can check up our uh, check out our our YouTube page. You can check out our website um, in the ser uh, the uh, the sermon section. Um, you could check out our Facebook page and go back and listen to actually how the sermons played out. Uh, we were roughly covering the same part of chapter three. We, we deviated a little bit uh, from one another on it, uh, just uh, given the points. But before we actually dive into Galatians uh, three itself, one of the things you and I talked about a little bit even yesterday as we were just doing a kind of a quick little debrief was, man, there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, There is a lot of stuff going on in Galatians uh, chapter three. It's only 29 verses, but Paul mm -hmm. really goes into some pretty you know, pretty detailed uh, work, uh, some argumentation against uh, against the Judaizers and, and some uh, uh, kind of trying to convince the Galatians about their own foolishness. Let's talk for a second about how we approach a chapter like this when we only, you know, we only have one week really to get through what we feel like is, is, is uh, to get through what, what, what's in, the, in that chapter. So how do you approach a, a chapter like this? Well, so when, when we think about a series on a book like this, uh, we realize that unlike a Sunday school class or a men's group or a small group or something like that, where you could just say, hey, we're only going to go as far as we go and we'll just pick up next week, uh, kind of like what you do in Agape, yeah. um, we really can't do that. We feel like we need to have series that are four to six weeks to mm -hmm. try to hold big ideas together and keep people's attention, that sort of thing. 
which makes it tricky because chapter 3 in this example, Galatians 3, um, has enough content for probably five or six sermons. Yeah, easily. And so we have to think through, okay, well, if we only have one week, um, we can't say everything because if you try to say everything, you, you really won't, won't, won't land anywhere with any real specific application. And so anyway, so, so it is a little tricky. So what I usually try to do is say, well, if I can only make one or two points, um, what do I feel like are the points I need to try to make and draw out of this for the particular community mm-hmm. that I'm preaching for that week? Yeah. And and tied into whatever the overall theme that we're trying to pull out from that series mm-hmm. is. Because, um, you know, Galatians is one of those books, even though it's, you know, it's six chapters. We've talked about this pretty much every week on the podcast. You can read this and encourage you to read this book many, many times through. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul really dives into some pretty mm-hmm. detailed uh, work. I mean, he... he, he he, he talks about just basic, what we would consider systematic theology. He goes into uh, the, the Old Testament redemptive history, uh, everything. And so mm-hmm. you could really spend a lot of time on that. You know, and I look at a chapter like this, uh, I have a hard time cherry picking. You know, I have that, that, I want it to be like a teaching thing. I want to say, well, next week we'll just, we'll pick up where we left mm-hmm. off. Uh, but you're right, we, you know, and some churches do that. Some churches do these, you know, year-long studies in Galatians and, and, and you know, two years, three years, four years in Romans or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, but there, there's an advantage to keeping it, keeping it brief because then you can give, uh, give the congregation kind of a broad view of the whole Bible mm-hmm. throughout the year. Um, so let's talk about Galatians uh, three specifically for a second. Uh, talk if people didn't hear, ha- haven't heard your message. What was b- the basic thrust of your uh, your message um, yesterday? Uh, the big idea I looked at, at really the first uh, eight or nine verses of chapter three is what I, I really focused on, and, and basically you get Paul kind of drilling down a little bit deeper. Um, on uh, the whole issue of salvation by works versus salvation by grace. And um, so, you know, he he begins with just this uh, incredulous um, line of questioning to the Galatian believers that how is it that you started with grace and trusting God by faith, and yet you've so quickly drifted to uh, the Judaizers' new gospel, Mm -hmm. the gospel of works. and then how he jumps, like you said, jumps back into redemptive history and goes all the way back to the beginning and, and, and uses the example of Abraham's um, faith, the fact that he believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness as kind of the example uh, that they're to follow and that there's a historic, that, that that's, salvation has always been by faith. Yeah. It's not like God's doing something new or, or completely different with Jesus. Um, and so, so I just went with that and then just kind of talked about how they uh, ultimately what, what Paul wants to do is keep pushing them back to the cross yeah. to see that Jesus had to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and for me, when, especially those opening, those opening lines, just question after question after question after question, he does some really cool stuff there. You know, um, he, he talks, you know, first, it's almost insulting, right? You know, he, he's almost kind of insulting them. 
how could you be so stupid, right? Mm -hmm. That you foolish Galatians, how, you know, how can you be so unwise, unintelligent, and ask the question, who bewitched you? Mm -hmm. And and I think demonstrating, two, I, one of the things that was interesting to me, it demonstrates the power of the, the Judaizer teaching, because it, if the teaching was weak, if the teaching what didn't make sense, then no one would have mm -hmm. bought it. Yeah, there would be no Galatians. There would be no <clears throat> the letter of Galatians. Yeah, they would have been like, "This is this is ridiculous," um, but it had such a an effect on the Galatian people uh, that that it was as though they had been you know hypnotized or mm -hmm. drugged. Um, it also that term kind of bewitched. It also indicates a little bit of the the motivation. The motivation is not necessarily, at least the way I read it, not necessarily for the good of the Galatians. Right. Mm -hmm. The Judaizers are really doing it for the good of themselves. You know, their problem is a problem of identity, the loss of identity. Um, and if, if any old Gentile can get in without circumcision, without uh, observing dietary laws, without uh, without, you know, following all the observances, then what does it matter that they're Jewish? Mm -hmm. You know? And uh, so, so they their intention is really to kind of fix a problem for, for themselves. I, that's the way I read it. I mean, that's the way I read into it. And then he goes into it, and, and the foolishness part, uh, when he says, how did he asked them a question, how did you experience the Holy Spirit? How did mm -hmm. that happen? You know, how did, how did you experience even the miracles? Yeah. Um, that, that to me really, that really stands out. Let's talk, you, you mentioned it a little bit. Let's talk about... Um, Paul's usage and, and kind of employing Abraham mm -hmm. in this argument. Uh, talk about that for a second, where, where, you know, the impact of that. Well, once again, it just was a, a genius, um, a genius stroke to, to do that. Because if you're, if you're a Judaizer, um, when he brings up Abraham, I, I think probably their first thought was, well, finally, he's going to get to uh, yeah. reinforcing our argument that we have this long history and these traditions and customs and laws that, that are that are ancient, historic. Yeah. Um, but yet he and he does do that. He does bring in Abraham, this historic, the patriarch, the founder of, of Judaism. Um, but he basically uses him in a way that's that's kind of it turns it upside down on them right away, because then he's saying, well, actually, I am bringing in this historic figure, this patriarch, the founder of our faith, this hero. Yeah, this hero. Yeah. But I'm bringing him in as an example of salvation by faith that he just trusted. Yeah. And so it, it, it may seem like. Um, that that was a uh, kind of an unfair play that, that, that you know, he kind of takes a hero of theirs and actually kind of turns it. But in some ways you could think, I, I want to believe that that as much as Paul is, is trying to protect and, and win the Galatian Gentile believers back to trusting, I do think Paul has an angle of wanting also to, to make a case that the Judaizers may also second guess and rethink their position yeah and so to do that to pick abraham was genius because oh, it, it causes them they have to reset and at least try to think through wow what if we've gotten it all wrong mm -hmm. what if we missed that yeah and so i think that was uh i thought that was a, a genius stroke for him to do that and then secondly you know with the with the gentile galatian christians um 
he he also gives them a connection to that long history. Yeah. That Abraham just isn't just the father of the Jews, he's the father of all who trust God by faith all of God's and, and people. get salvation. Yeah. yeah. So in some ways it, it, it gives them a long history that they didn't even think they had access to yeah. or privilege uh, to. So Well and 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 you know one of the one of the themes I picked up in, in, in my message was this theme of identity, you know, and and the history that we hold is a big part of our identity. You know, I, I think um, it, one of the struggles that people have is is trying to say, well, what was my history? You know, it's and, and for the the Galatians, you think think about where they where they are when 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 they are introduced to faith in Jesus Christ. I mean, they had been pagans, mm-hmm. part of a, a, a temple community to whatever gods they were worshiping in that community. And coming to faith in Jesus Christ, they knew they didn't belong there. But the Jewish people wouldn't accept them either. Uh, they're not circumcised and they're not, they're not Jewish. So where do they belong? And Paul says, look, your history has always been with God's people, and God's people have always been identified by faith first. The law was 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 something that was uh, was a, a different point in the process of developing faith for the for the long haul. But but Abraham's mm-hmm. uh, Abraham was always justified by by his his faith. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And I liked uh, in listening to your message. One of the things that just didn't it didn't occur to me until I heard you preach it was the idea that because I, I had in my mind, okay, so the Judaizers and the Jewish Christians have this this baggage, this history of laws and, and traditions and customs and having to do things to gain God's favor, whatever. Um, but you brought out that the that many of the Galatian Christians who'd come from pagan idolatry and pagan worship, mm-hmm. that would have been their mindset as well, that they were constantly having to do things to appease the gods mm-hmm. or to get fertility or prosperity. And they would, you know, had the, the typical practices and rituals. And I thought that just had never occurred yeah. to me that they also, in a sense, were having this was a new idea for them yeah that there's a god who doesn't need you to do anything for him he's already done it for yeah, you yeah yeah which is i just said i just hadn't thought about that and i thought that was great well you know historically one of the things that's always interesting to me is how in the early early days of the church uh the pagan romans actually thought christians were 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 atheists mm-hmm. because they didn't go to the pagan temples i mean they didn't they you know the, all all of the 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 uh the the criticism they would launch against Christians. One of them was, you don't even, you don't even, who do you worship? Well, what do you worship, mm-hmm. right? Um, but that sense of identity is really tied to that history piece as well, too. They had to give up that part of their history, and the Judaizers are saying, okay, well, you can come into our history, but if you mm-hmm. want to be a part of this family, you want to be a part of the family of God. And and you're right, Paul, genius. For bringing up Abraham, because I even think back to like in John's Gospel uh, when Jesus is confronting the Pharisees, they constantly evoke the name, invoke the name of Abraham. Abraham is our father. Abraham is our father. Abraham is our father. Mm-hmm. Until the point where Jesus says, "Well, actually, no, your father is the devil." But you know, um, so yeah. that that's yeah. A, side note. A side note. You're really off the rails there too. Yeah. Um, talk a, a little bit. What have you? What do you think about? looking back over the entire series and um, and even you know back to to chapter two a little bit the the vitriol that that Paul 
uh, is writing this letter with. Mm-hmm. Um, so many of, you know, so much of, you know, people that read the Bible, they think of it as being very sanitized. But Paul does not have, san- does not use sanitized language. And he's pretty, he's pretty blunt. So mm-hmm. what, what, do you, what do you take on, what's your take on that? Well, I think uh, one of the, the, one of the cool things to think about is that similar to Jesus, because you mentioned the Gospels, John in particular, and I'm not sure where it is. I want to say it's in John's Gospel where Jesus basically says, um, after having a very heated, honest exchange with some of the religious leaders, um, he basically just says, um, I, I don't, I'm not seeking the, their approval. Yeah, I, right, I, don't, yeah. I don't need their approval because mm-hmm. I have the approval of my Heavenly mm-hmm. Father. And so I don't say things or do things to try to gain their approval. Mm-hmm. I just I try to speak the truth in love. Mm-hmm. And I think Paul, who seems to have such a solid grasp on his identity as someone who's been rescued by grace, mm-hmm. I think you see that same kind of yeah. willingness to say very bold and uh, confrontational things, not because he doesn't care. Um, It's not that he doesn't care or love the people he's being honest with. It's just that he has a higher loyalty and bigger priorities. Mm -hmm. And so he's not as concerned about politeness um, or coming off a certain way. For him, the gospel's at stake, which means people's eternities are at stake. And, and he loves the Galatians. You know, he's spent time in each one of these cities, and he's, he's won them to Christ. He's spent time with them, and he, and he just he, he can't stomach watching them be bewitched or mm-hmm. led astray. And so I just think he I th- I think he's comes very strong and very confrontational because, you know, that's, that's what's at stake, and that's what's most important to him. Yeah, well, he is— in, in in some respects, you know, we use the language sometimes of a spiritual parent. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like their spiritual parent because he's he's um, been there and 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 introduced them to Christ in really profound ways. You know, one of the one of the passages that that uh, are one of the the parts of this um, this section um, in Galatians chapter three when he talks about. Um, in verse one, it was before your eyes that Jesus Lee was publicly portrayed as crucified, and that that would have been Paul that that did that portraying, right? He mm-hmm. would have been the one that would have been so dynamic, and so um, passionate, and so um, you know motivating in in demonstrating the gospel and and sharing the narrative story of Jesus Christ in a way that is so profound mm-hmm. that it was as though Jesus was crucified right before them. Yeah. And, and and so you think the passion that he uses to to bring the Galatians to faith is the same passion he uses to keep them in the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and, and you brought this up uh, talking about uh, how Jesus talks about uh, kind of when he's confronting the, the Pharisees, he's not trying to win the approval of man. Paul says a similar thing in the first chapter. Mm-hmm. And am I am I trying to please man or am I trying try to please God? Yep. He doesn't care about what they think of him as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, only in so far as they understand his intention is um, the glory of God, um, the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ, and his heart for them. Because if he didn't care, he wouldn't write it at all. Yeah, he's like, ah, well, that was a loss. Yeah, you know. Um, one of the things that I touched on in in the in the message 
is this uh, the very end of, of chapter three, um, and it and it, it circles a, around to what you were talking about about the Galatians uh, making sure that they always look at the that they're always looking to the cross of Jesus. Um, in twenty five, he says, "Now that faith has come, we're under, no longer under a guardian." And he was talking about the purpose of the law. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that redemptive historical thing. Why was the law given? The law was given to kind of teach the necessity of of grace. I mean, in a nutshell, that's what it is. Um, then he says, uh, "For as uh, for um, for now in Christ you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you uh, as were baptized in Christ, you put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's no male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you're Christ, then you're Abraham's offspring and heirs according to the promise." Um, what do you make of that passage? I know you didn't get to that in in your message, but what do you make of that passage there, especially that when he's when he's talking about the the different categories: Jew, Greek, slave, free, male, female. Well, one of the things that I would just say is, having listened to your message, um, the the benefit of of multiple preachers, um, or or you know whether that or whether multiple people studying a Bible together or listening to different Sunday school teachers that sort of thing it's just we all bring out a, a different thing um, and I thought you did a great job of of talking about the um, social implications of this truth that Paul's talking about and mm-hmm. that's where he gets basically saying okay if it's true that um, my identity the most essential thing about my identity is that I'm I'm somebody who has been rescued by grace because of what Jesus did on the cross, then that becomes the most important part of who I am. Yeah. And if that's true of you, then that becomes the most important thing about our relationship. That's the most essential thing that we share in common, aside from our humanity, but even there, you know, this even trumps that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, you talked about trivial things from, from sports to to hobbies and interests but also to even more core things like politics Mm -hmm. or um, role particular roles that we play as parents or teachers or lawyers or what our work does that this somehow our shared identity as as followers of jesus is the most important thing Mm -hmm. and how many how many um, barriers of disunity Mm -hmm. could be overcome if we would continue to focus on on that main, keep the main thing the main thing. Yeah. So I thought that I thought that was an important part of what Paul's trying to do. And and it goes back um, to something that is just really fundamental that that you brought up in in your message, which is um, this idea that no matter what, and it's the theme that it's one of the themes that that Paul continues to hammer on is that no matter what uh, we think we can add to the gospel, we can't. And so continue, whether, whether that makes us feel guilty or that makes us feel somehow uh, more righteous, um, whatever the case is, our identity, our, our righteousness, our salvation, it isn't about us. Mm-hmm. It's about this very, very fundamental, uh, the fundamental grace of God that's been shown to us. And when we start to add anything on top of it, whether it's some sort of morality or some sort of label, uh, it really, really hinders not only our relationship with God, which is primary, but in a secondary way, our relationship to other people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think the uh, people struggle with when they read passages of Scripture 
uh, like Galatians chapter 3? What, what are the things that you really feel like, man, I, I know this will trip people up either in their understanding or in their living it out? What are, what, are, what are some of the things that you think really will trip people up as they read something like Galatians 3? Well, one of the big things that I thought, um, I didn't have time to get to it in my message, and it, and it would have come across as a works application, so mm-hmm. I was trying to steer away from that. Yeah. But um, I think Paul seems to assume that they have some handle on the history of the Old Testament mm-hmm. and some understanding of the, the figures, the primary important figures of the Old Testament, what God's done in history. And I think increasingly more and more people don't have biblical literacy. They don't um, know the whole story of the Bible. And so Paul just kind of jumps from Abraham to Moses and talks about the law and 400 something years. And, you know, he he seems to just jump very quickly to these big, important Mm -hmm. uh, epics of time within God's history. Um, And I don't think those are placeholders anymore for modern Christians or new Christians. Yeah. And so I think part of it is, as much as he thinks he's making this very clear ironclad case, he's dropping names like Abraham and Moses and seeing the connections. Um, I don't know that those connections are as obvious or as accessible for people who don't know their Bibles that well. Yeah. So part of what I was going to say yesterday was, hopefully this this tells you this is part of your family history. Yeah. And so you should know it and you should love it and you should treasure it. And if you did, you would see the connections right away. Yeah. But I didn't want it, I didn't want that to come off like a should or a, yeah. a duty yeah. as much as a cool privilege to go back and read your story. Yeah. This is your story, and you should know Abraham and Moses and understand the connections Paul's making. But I think that's the biggest obstacle is oftentimes people don't know that. Yeah. And hopefully this maybe. Um, maybe compels them to say, man, I, I want to go back and really reread those stories or read those for the first time so that I can understand what Paul's saying. That'd be the best case. Yeah, and read it, even if you do know the story, read it with a, a new set of eyes. Because mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it's true that the Galatians, uh, Paul is not just talking about the Galatians history, but he's talking about our history as well, too. Abraham mm-hmm. is um, like the old Sunday school song is, uh, he's yeah, our father, father Abraham, Abraham, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I totally agree with you. You know, the, the biblical literacy piece is, is something that we always are challenged with and uh, trying to um, trying to explain these grand sweeping uh, narratives that, that Paul kind of just throws in there, mm-hmm. assuming some understanding. There is that that kind of, oh, I'm not sure that everybody gets what this really, yeah. really yeah. is all about. Um, and I would just say, too, I think, some of those, some of those category uh, markers, kind of causes us some issues when he goes through that. Uh, neither Jew nor Greek, slave mm-hmm. nor free, male nor female. I think people look at that and go, well, "Wait a minute, does none of that matter? Um, d- d- does does my my even my even my own you know uh, my ethnicity, my gender, my does that matter at all? Mm-hmm. And it's not that it doesn't matter." Compared to who we are in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. uh, by comparison, it it is so much smaller than we make it. Yep. You know, we make a grain of sand a boulder, but um, the grain of sand is a grain of sand. You know, and and compared to the giant of Jesus Christ, it's all a grain of sand. Yeah, and uh, it's not that it doesn't matter, but it it matters more 
or it or it takes on a new significance when we take on um, uh, the mantle of Jesus Christ. We take on the clothing of Jesus Christ. He actually even uses that kind of language here as well too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is always one of those passages of scripture. You think, like you said, man, we could do five or six sermons yeah. Oh, yeah. just on this. Um, and speaking of that, next week, uh, Galatians chapter four, uh, lots of, again, dense, dense material. Uh, and you and I will be switching services next yep. week. So Kenny will be in the classic service, and I'll be in Vine, the modern worship service. And one of the things I think we'll talk about next week is how our approach shifts and changes in, in each one of those services. Yeah. So um, it'll be a fun time. Uh, these series are always always fun to do, and it's really great that we get to talk, uh, talk through it a little bit more in detail. So appreciate you coming out uh, this morning, Kenny, and, and talking through this. Absolutely. All right, man. We'll uh, talk to you again next week.